you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and a lifelong Missouri Tigers football and basketball fan. And today's episode of Locked On Mizzou is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your next order. And today on the show, of course, I want to talk about Michael Porter Jr. being a part of an NBA team that made history. The first team to come back from two 3-1 to deficits in a single playoffs. Well, I got some, some thoughts about Michael and his whole season so far. And also, Dave Matter of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch had an interesting piece about Missouri stretching its football recruiting into the Hoosier State, specifically into Indianapolis, nabbing two guys in the 2021 class, two four-star guys. In fact, Dalen Carnell, a cornerback, and also Kyron Montgomery. I've got some thoughts to follow up on Dave's piece. But first, we've got some pretty huge news to start here. Breaking news in the college football world. Yes, the Big Ten is back. And they're going to start their football season about one month after the SEC gets underway. And that will be the weekend of October the 24th, one week before Halloween. And, well, one of the big parts of this is going to be a part of their return to football, or I guess their beginning of football, for that matter. It's going to include daily rapid testing And also, well, it's going to be interesting to see if the Big Ten can pull this off based on their own protocols that they've set for themselves. Because, well, since they're starting this late on the weekend of October 24th, if you'll remember earlier in the week, I speculated just based on information I was reading that maybe it would be October 17th. Well, since they're starting on the 24th, that means that this season is going to have no built-in bye week. And also, they have an automatic 21-day suspension of play for any player that tests positive. And then on top of that, well, they'll shut down an entire team if the team threshold gets over a 5% positivity rate. Well, that seems like a really, really easy threshold to pass if, you, if you're testing everybody all the time. I mean, we just heard Ed Orgeron the coach of LSU the other day, saying that, well, he thinks just about all of his LSU Tigers have gotten the virus, and he just hopes they that means they won't get it again. Well, by golly, Missouri's had it. We already know from Eli Drinkwitz, he said at least three guys have tested positive or been contact traced. I mean, you don't, it doesn't take much to get to 5%. If you've got an 85-man scholarship limit, I don't know, let's say it's 100 Let's say it's 100 guys, if you include walk-ons. Well, easy math there. That's only five guys that have to test positive to shut down an entire program for perhaps a couple weeks or something. Again, with no built-in bye week, I got to wonder, again, at first glance, this is all new news, but how is this going to work out? It seems like they're almost setting themselves up to fail in a weird way. But don't get me wrong, I'm sure that the Big Ten wants to play – Lord knows Justin Fields and his coach want to play over at Ohio State. I think we're all aware of that. But 
it's certainly going to be a really, really interesting season in general, but even particularly interesting over in Big Ten country. And you know what? Speaking of Big Ten country, I do want to add some more color to Dave Matter's piece about Missouri's 4A into Big Ten country, specifically the Indianapolis area. But first, I do, I do want to tell you just a little bit more about our friends over at Built Bar. Because Built Bar has been a long, loyal sponsor here on the Locked On Podcast Network, so it's possible that you tried them out a few months ago. Well, indeed, the new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious than ever because they've added, on top of their original dozen flavors, they've added six amazing new ones as well, including cookies and cream, caramel brownie, carrot cake. Oh, the list just goes on and on. Definitely check out a variety bar. That's a variety pack, I should say, of bars over at Built Bar, and you're sure to find something that you will absolutely love. And, of course, these bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high in fiber. So go to BuiltBar.com right now and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On, for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. When Missouri left the Big 12 and joined the SEC, gosh, my goodness, has it really been eight years since that's happened now? I guess it has. Well, eight years ago, back in 2012, I was thinking that, you know what, maybe Missouri can venture out in terms of football recruiting geographically into some of these Midwest areas, some of these Big Ten schools and areas, these traditional Big Ten areas that they dominate, and maybe pluck some young men who might find playing in the SEC appealing, but maybe don't want to go all the way down to Florida, for instance, and be really, really far from home. And, well... It appears that Brandon Lee, who lettered from Mizzou from 2015 to 2018 at linebacker, one of our, from what I could tell, one of our smartest guys we've had on the team for a long time. Well, apparently he had a good idea because he think he's for a long time he's felt like with Indiana and Purdue not exactly lighting the world on fire on the football field. Well, there's an opportunity for Missouri to creep into the Indianapolis area and Indiana in general. And another good point was made, I can't remember if it was Brandon Lee, frankly, or maybe it was Dalen Carnell's dad. He was he was quoted in Dave Matter's piece as well, and I'll certainly link to it in the description of this podcast. But one of those two gentlemen mentioned that, oh, by the way, you've got Notre Dame as well. And the thing with Notre Dame is not everybody gets accepted there. Actually, this was Brandon Lee saying, and I'm looking at the, I'm looking at the article now. It's a really good point by Mr. Lee, that Notre Dame, not only do they not traditionally recruit Indianapolis heavily, obviously they've got a more national brand than just about anybody out there, but again, unlike most schools, like Missouri back in the day used to have higher academic standards than most, well these days basically Missouri and every team in the SEC with the possible exception of Vanderbilt will accept anybody at the lowest standard that the NCAA will allow. Well, that's not the case at Notre Dame. So that does allow a school like Missouri and, you know, Illinois, of course, any bordering teams to get into that area. And frankly, with Indianapolis about six hours away, just a quick six-hour shot 
down I-70, that does strike me as a recruiting area that could be a sustainable spot long-term for Missouri to pluck talent from. Because when you look at the SEC, if you've got some guys who maybe from that area, from the Midwest, who maybe would like to try their try their hand at SEC football, well, you basically, if you got if you want to get close, it's basically Columbia and Knoxville. Arguably Nashville, too. But other than that, there's nobody who's close to Indiana or really anywhere in that traditional Big Ten region of the country. And frankly, I can relate to kids who maybe want to get out of their hometown but maybe don't want to go too far. Because, well, frankly, when I moved to Chicago from after living in this area for my entire life, well, while Chicago was obviously very different than Columbia, in some ways it's really not that different. It's just a big Midwest town. It just happens to have a lot more history and architecture and live music and professional sports and, and all that good stuff. Well, and crime, too, and everything that goes along with a big city, quite frankly. All the good and the bad. But still, Chicago always felt like the Midwest to me. Oh, hey, it's the summer, and it's 90 degrees and humid. And now it's winter, and it's, oh, it's a bunch of wet snow. This all feels familiar, but... Anytime, and I've, I've visited Florida, for instance. I've visited Florida on several occasions, and without fail, anytime I come off the plane in Florida, and part of this is air travel, I'm sure, part of this is my caveman brain kicking in, but anytime I step off that plane, I feel like I'm in a foreign land. I'm like, oh, wow, it's all balmy here. What's going on? Oh, there are palm trees. And, hey, what's this ocean thing over here? And really, it's not about the fact that, yes, there are a lot of people in Miami who literally speak Spanish. So I'm not talking about that kind of foreign, although that's somewhat there, too. What I'm talking about is the actual geography and the culture and, and the colors that they paint buildings, frankly. It all feels just a little bit foreign and weird. Chicago... Never felt that way. And again, back to our caveman brains. I think there is a part of us, even though when we go off to college, whatever it might be, I think there's a lot of people who still would like to at least feel a little bit familiar with their surroundings. And hey, Missouri, places like Chicago, Indianapolis, maybe to a lesser extent Denver, we've talked about these places where... We have a straight shot in terms of flights. Well, how about easy drives, too? That definitely makes a lot of sense. And obviously, Texas is something that Missouri has established a long time ago. And, well, they never should really leave that particular geographic area. But you know what? There are lots of SEC schools, like, again, Tennessee, who have established their own recruiting pipelines, and they're going to be reticent to take away resources from there and go into a place like Indianapolis. So to me, again, it just seems like this is a possible natural fit for Missouri and possibly a sustainable thing for the long term. And you know what? After this quick break, let's talk some Michael Porter Jr. And also, I've got a funny soundbite from Ryan Walters having a little bit of fun at Eli Drinkwitz's expense. If you're the social media type, and you're not already following Mizzou football on Twitter, well, definitely do so because they're putting out some some quality content for sure, including Kevin Pendleton, former offensive lineman, very recent graduate from Mizzou. I, th- I think he was maybe class of 2019, maybe 2018. can't remember off the top of my head, but really recent for sure. 
Well, he's now a recruiting analyst under Eli Drinkwood's staff. And, well, he's done a couple fun pieces online where he interviews Missouri assistant coaches in the cold tub, showing off the new zoo, the new facilities of the south end zone. And in trying to get to know defensive coordinator Ryan Walters and some of the rest of these new defensive coaches, and including Eli himself, well, Kevin Pendleton asked Ryan some hypotheticals about said coaching staff. And, well, it's pretty self-explanatory, so I'll just play the bite. How about that? All right, best sidekick for a road trip? Sidekick. Probably Coach Haley, you know what I'm saying? You'll, you'll get your eye, you know, Coach Haley been around the world twice. Uh, shook everybody hand once, you know what I mean? So he knows everybody, and then and it'll be a good, good road trip. Right, and then best cook? Ooh, best cook. Uh, you know, that's probably Lutz, man. Lutz, Lutz, Lutz can throw it out. All right. And then last one, most likely to be a reality TV star? Coach Drink. <laughs> Coach Drink, let the camera know. That's a good answer, right? <laughs> Coach Drink, load a camera now. (laughs) That was funny. That made me laugh. Funny because it's true, let's be honest. Eli doesn't mind the camera whatsoever. And, well, frankly, that's not a bad bad trait to have if you're the head coach of a college football team. But, you know, I just thought it was fun to hear a little bit of Ryan Walters speak because we haven't gotten much of that, at least not to my knowledge, at least hearing his actual voice, especially on this particular program. We've gotten plenty of Eli, so... Fun to hear Ryan Walters' personality, hear him get his sense of humor out a little bit, and maybe a little bit of natural competitiveness between the head of the defense on the team and Eli Drinkwitz, the head of the offense. And also, by the way, even though even though Ryan Walters is a dad, absolutely no sign of a dad bod on that guy whatsoever. Looking good and shirtless in the cold tub. Well done, Ryan Walters. We're all jealous. By the way, before I get to my Michael Porter Jr. talk, I'd like to point out that if this wasn't the weirdest sports year of my lifetime, that I would actually be watching the WNBA right now, at least the Phoenix Mercury, because of our girl Sophie Cunningham. But you know what? This isn't a normal year. Normally the WNBA playoffs aren't going against the NFL, the NBA playoffs, baseball, golf to a lesser extent. I mean, it's just, we've got too much sports. We've got too much now. We really do. But so by golly, the Mercury have advanced. Sophie is playing well though. So everything's all good. And speaking of advancing, the Denver Nuggets are in the Western Conference Finals. And well, Michael Porter Jr. didn't have a huge impact on game seven, playing just 16 minutes. But you know what, to me, I had been saying this throughout the regular season before obviously it was stopped abruptly in March that frankly it was a mistake to not play Michael Porter Jr. more during the regular season and and get him important minutes during somewhat less important games versus the playoffs. Have him make his mistakes under less of a glaring light because obviously we saw in the Utah series When Mike Malone decided, hey, we're going to switch every pick and roll no matter what, well, Porter couldn't handle switching on to Donovan Mitchell. That just wasn't going to happen. But to me, if you didn't make him play defense one-on-one with one of the best guards in the league, he wasn't a complete disaster. 
he was big enough to at least make a difference. And yeah, he was a step slow at times, but again, a lot of that comes from experience. And I think he could have gotten a lot of those mistakes out in the form of just increased reps during the regular season. But regardless, there's a couple things that stood out in a really positive way for me about Michael Porter Jr. First of all, it's obvious from game, I believe this was game five, Michael Porter Jr. dunked over Montrez Harrell, nearly had his head at the rim. And frankly, that's a great sign. That's as explosive of a, of a dunk of really of any kind of athletic basketball play I've seen from Porter Jr. since maybe he was in high school. So if that explosiveness comes fully back or even comes 90% there, I mean, my goodness, his ceiling is really, really, really high. I mean, I'm talking Basketball Hall of Fame high. But of course, he's got to stay healthy too. And on the positive side of things, one thing, honestly, I've heard rumors for a while that he might have a possible brace on the back of his leg that, that holds the bottom of his foot as well, maybe potentially worrying about drop foot in the future, possibly even the present. Well, despite those rumors, I haven't seen any of that. I haven't seen that brace on. And again, that explosive dunk he had over Montrez Harrell makes me think, gosh, maybe he is improving. Maybe his back is getting better. Now, I'm no spinal surgeon or anything like that, not even close. But just from a distance... This is the most healthy he's been in a long, long time. But secondly, on the offensive end of the court, there were times when I thought, "Woo, Michael is quick to pull the trigger. But you know what? As great of an offensive player and as good of a shooter as he is right now, he should be looking for his shot. Now, I don't think he's a ball hog by any stretch of the imagination. What I'm really trying to say is that kid is not afraid. He's not afraid to shoot. And boy, I guess he's not afraid to speak his mind either because he ruffled a lot of feathers the other day when after I believe it was their game four loss, they went down three to nothing or three to one, I should say. And Michael was saying, hey, it can't be just Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic for as great as those guys are. It can't be just them. We need to swing the ball, get all five guys involved. Well, frankly, I don't think Michael was wrong in his assessment, number one. But number two, I understand why people would think he should maybe, you know, know his place. Know your role and shut your mouth, as The Rock used to say back in the day. But I think there may just be, I think that's a good lesson for him to learn. And I don't think he'll be spouting off in the Western Conference Finals, let's put it that way. But I think there's just a bit of a generation gap here. I mean, Michael, again, a kid who grew up in the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram era. And basically he's been a, you know, a, a sort of CD list celebrity since he was about 15 years old. So he's used to being able to not only being able to f- feel free to speak his mind, but I'm sure he gets tons of positive affirmation within the form of tens of thousands of likes on his Instagram posts and what have you. And it's been like that for him since high school. So yeah, it was probably a bit of a surprise that to young Mr. Porter that, yes, maybe people don't want to hear your thoughts 24 hours a day, seven days a week, no matter how much merit they may in fact have. So I don't know. Honestly, I just thought that was more of an interesting sort of observation on the younger generation more than anything. Again, not a criticism, just an observation.
And hey, that'll be it for today's episode of Locked on Mizzou. Just want to quickly thank all of you longtime listeners of this here program. You all are my favorite. And thanks to all of the new listeners as well. If you want to hear all of these podcasts as they come out, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, Overcast, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Pandora, heck, you name it, we'll be there right here, as always, on Locked on Mizzou.